Man, did Bode preach already this morning or what? That man was anointed. Thank you. Thank you so much for kicking things off. As a reminder, if you got children, uh, we are having kids' church. You can follow Becca right around the corner. Uh, she'd wave at you, but she's got her hands full right now. Uh, be in prayer for uh, the family of Catherine Okati. I think I said the name right. Catherine Okati. Uh, Catherine Okati was a 40-year-old Grand Prairie resident who actually just drowned right back behind us uh, in this lake uh, on Tuesday evening, Tuesday late afternoon. And um, uh, there was not really any foul play that we can see. I, I know a lot of people have asked if there's something something going on with the lake or something. Uh, it, it wasn't that. I don't. We you know, perhaps it was maybe a heart attack or a seizure or something that caused her to drown. I'm not sure if she just straight up uh, just got out there and drowned. But, uh, but you know, with that being said, we are in the process of trying to reach out, trying to find and track down the family in Grand Prairie to see if we can be of any service or blessing and uh, just, just to, to, to be able to lift them up during this time. So just keep that family in your prayers, the OKT family. I think I'm saying it right. Uh, also continue, keep uh, JJ in your prayer and, and also Kate. They're going to be leaving uh, to head to Oklahoma for a funeral. Uh, JJ's cousin has passed away. And uh, so just remember his family, uh, the Jordan family during this time period, uh, lifting them up. And uh, we, we do have some praise report. I, man, it is so good to see Brent Brown here this morning. Brent, those of you who aren't aware, just a few days ago, Brent was in the hospital. He had a heart attack. And it was a it was a the, the main artery. They call it the Widowmaker. Uh, and those of you who are familiar with the heart uh, and, and uh, the doctor was amazed at the report he was able to give him, that all of his vitals are good, all of his signs and stuff were, were all the levels needed to be where they were. And matter of fact, he released him to go back to work on Monday. So we serve a good God and a protective God. So we praise God for that. And I believe it was it was the grace of God and the fervent prayer and Chriselda keeping keeping a wise head on her shoulder and and, and getting uh, the spirit of Dale Earnhardt on her so that she could rush him to the hospital like crazy. So uh, everything, the Lord just paved the path for all that to work out great. So we, we give God praise for that. Amen. Uh, like the old song said, if you're happy and you know it, say amen. amen. All right, we got a few of you who are happy this morning. That's good. We ought to be the happiest people on the planet, if you think about it. We ought to be the happiest people on the planet, those who know the Lord, those who walk with God. The way I feel about it, if you're going to, if you're going to heaven, you ought to be in a whole lot better mood than if you're going to hell, right? So we all ought to be in a pretty good mood. Um, no, even when we go through troubles and trials, and man, we're going to go through some troubles and trials because Jesus said in this world is going to be some trouble, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And if you got Jesus in your life, he doesn't always deliver you from the situation, but he'll deliver you in the situation. You may have to go through the trouble. You may have to go through the trial, but you can walk freely. The trial doesn't have to have you. You may have a trial, but it doesn't have to have you. And that's what you can experience when you learn to walk in faith. That's what we've been talking about for weeks. I'm starting to sound like a broken record, but I think God's trying to drive it home to us that he wants us, as he said two months ago to me, I want to take this church from being a group of people who believe in me to people who believe me. There's a big difference in believing in God and believing God. And, and so we are learning to walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, the Bible says that 
faith in Hebrews 11 and 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So in other words, when you feel hope, when you feel it's an emotional, it, 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 your faith and your belief is actually wrapped up in some emotion. Hope is an emotion. The substance of things hoped for, whatever that hope is, if you can make it tangible, that's faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, you're going to have to, at times in your life, you're going to have to believe some things that your eyes and your brain are perceiving that are contrary to the word of God. You're going to have to believe the word of God over what you see, some things that you don't see. And that's what faith is, the evidence of things not seen. Substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. The, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We've got to start getting the word of God in us. We've got to get into the word of God. We've got to study the word of God. You've got to read it. It's a book of 7,000 promises. Some of those promises have got to apply to you, right? Out of 7,000 promises. But if you don't know what the promises are, if you don't know what the word of God says, how can you believe for it? A lot of people say, oh, I believe, hey, the word of God, don't come against the word of God. That's the book. That's the ultimate truth. Awesome. Have you read it? Well, not, not the whole thing. You know. Well, how can you say you believe in something that you haven't even read? I'm not saying it to condemn you. I'm saying it to encourage you. Man, this book was written for you. It was written with tons of promises for you. Tons of provision for you. And you can take him at his word. He meant it. If he said it, he meant it. He's true to you. You can trust God. So today we're going to start talking about walking in faith. What does that actually look like? I've been saying it for weeks, but what does it look like? So we're going to start talking about some of the basics of walking in faith. Today is the first principle that I want to get into you. For some of you, this is going to be review in your life. For others, this may be a new concept. It may seem weird but it's very much biblical truth. So I want to talk today about believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. There, there is a way that you put your faith into practice and you manifest it in your life. And it's to believe in your heart and to confess with your mouth. That's the way your whole salvation walk with God started. When you gave your heart to the Lord, that's the way it started. Romans chapter 10, verse nine. If you, if, uh, if you go to our website, Click on uh, the, the, the link that Kate told you about. You can see all the scriptures that we're going to use today. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, Because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips, to acknowledge and confess, in other words, you got to speak something out with your lips. What are you going to speak? It says that Jesus is Lord. So you're going to confess that Jesus is Lord with your lips. And in your heart, believe, that means adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That word for salvation in the Greek is sozo. It doesn't just mean that you punched your ticket to heaven. You know, we get up and we preach it in our modernized churches and say, hey, if you confess, if you uh, speak with your mouth and confess with your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you'll... You punched your ticket to heaven. Yeah, that's part of it. But the word sozo in the Greek actually means well-being, soundness of mind, deliverance, healing. When the Greeks heard this word, it came with a, an abundance of meaning to it. So if you want healing in your life, if you want soundness of mind, how many of how many y'all need that? Man, our minds can play tricks on us. If you want well-being in your life, well, the way that you obtain it is to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You got to speak some stuff out. You need to be aware of what you're speaking. The Bible says, 
Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Man, some of us need to watch what we're speaking because we're not too slow to speak. And there's some things we need to be speaking. So let's keep reading. It says, verse 10, for with the heart, a person believes. Think about it. You believe with your heart. You don't believe with your mind. Your mind is where you process some things, but you believe with your heart. So that means your belief is actually wrapped up with some emotions. Your belief is wrapped up with the core of your desire. And, and we've done a huge disservice with the church because we will use scriptures that say, you know, the heart is deceitful. Yeah, my heart is deceitful if I don't base it on the word of God. And oh, don't get emotional. You can't trust your emotions. I can't trust my emotions unless I'm basing it on the word of God. I can get excited about the word of God. I can get happy about the word of God. If I get excited about other things, well, they may or may not come true for me. But the word of God is solid. So with the heart and with some emotion and with some feeling, you believe. It allows you to believe for that thing, the things that are impossible. But with God, all things are possible, right? Think about it. Have you ever watched your favorite football team, whether it's college or pro, and you're behind, and it's two minutes to go? And all of a sudden, you look over at your buddy, and you say, you know what? We're going to win this thing. Man, our quarterback, he's going to lead us back. And the buddy's like, oh, I don't know, man. We had not been playing good. No, there's just, I'm telling you, we're going to win this thing. And sure enough, all of a sudden they pull through. Well, what happened? All of a sudden you got faith. It was a gut feeling. It was just something that rose up in you that said, no, 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 no. It ain't over yet. There's still time on the clock. We're coming back. It's a feeling. You didn't do it with your brain. Your brain's looking at us saying, yeah, there's not enough time. We've been playing like dogs today. Yeah, we, we lost. No, it was something in your heart. In other words, belief comes in your heart. So you says with the heart, a person believes and so is justified with the mouth he confesses and confirms his salvation. So sometimes God needs you to confirm what you believe. Does he need it? No, he, he knows exactly what you believe. But faith comes by hearing. Sometimes you need to hear your own self say the impossible. It's one of the first things you got to learn to walk in faith that you got to believe in your heart. You have to feel it. If you need healing today, you got to feel healed in your heart. And then you need to confirm it. You need to get it out into this realm. You need to speak it into the atmosphere of your life. You need to hear it. In Jesus' name, I am healed. Say, well, but my body ain't showing it. It doesn't matter. In my heart, I believe and I confess with my mouth, I am healed says that you confirm your salvation. You confirm your sozo. So I, I confirm my ticket to heaven. Sure, that's part of it. But it's also you confirm your wellness of being, your soundness of mind, your healing, your deliverance, your state of goodness. You believe it with your heart. You confess it with your mouth. Now, all Paul did, he actually just reintroduced a principle that Jesus taught. Mark chapter 11 now, Jesus was heading into Jerusalem one day with his disciples. He was hungry, and he looked over, and he saw a fig tree that was in full bloom. The leaves were full bloom. It was interesting because it wasn't fig season yet, but he thought, awesome, I'm hungry. Here's this tree. He goes over, and he looks. He didn't find one fig on it to eat, and it irritates him. 
And he looks at the tree. Well, what he was irritated about, I could get into a whole other sermon. Uh, the tree was being a hypocrite. It was showing full blooms, but it had no fruit to bear. How many Christians that, how many Christians live like that? Boy, we act God. We do all kinds of things to look churchified, but we really don't show true fruit in our spirit. We get away from other Christians and we're some of the ugliest people on the planet. Nasty attitudes, everything else. Uh, but Jesus came along, saw that guy so irritated. He said, may no one ever eat from your fruit again. Put him in such a bad mood, he went into the temple. He turned over the tax collectors, all the money changers' uh, 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 tables, drove off all the money changers, said, said, my father's house is a house of praise. You made it into a den of, of, of snakes and liars. Ran them all out. The next day when they were leaving town again, Peter looked over and said, look, that tree's withered and dead. You know, you cursed it, and it, it actually died. Well, Jesus didn't sit there and talk about the tree. He actually talked about a principle of faith and how to operate in faith. Mark chapter 11 says this, And Jesus, replying, said to them, Have faith in God constantly. Truly, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, Be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. Let's stop right there for a second. He says, whoever speaks to this mountain, there, there it is. Whoever uses their mouth to address a mountain, what the mountain means, why is he talking about a mountain? They're dealing with a fig tree. What he's trying to say is this, you're going to have some things in your life that are too big to look over, too wide to see around and too thick to see through. You ever had those kind of situations in your life? Something that just seems so monumental and impossible. And you feel like you're going to be stuck with it the rest of your life. That you, It's going to be just an oppression for, for the remainder of your years. When something is too big, Jesus said, speak to it. And say, be removed and cast into the sea. And then he says, if you believe in your heart that what you say will come to pass, it's going to come to pass. There's the principle again. If you believe in your heart, if you can feel it, if you can sense it, if you can imagine it, and then speak to it, it will come to pass. Say, that doesn't make sense. Because it's faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things you can't see. I don't see any way around it, but I'm going to speak to it. And I believe that God's going to work it out. In other words, if you say, look, Lord, I've got this situation in my life. It's way bigger than me, and I don't know how to navigate it. But I speak to this situation and say, yield to the presence of God, yield to the, the, the will of God. And Lord, I believe it with everything in me, and I can even feel the peace that's going to come when you sort it out. I don't know how you're going to sort it out, but you're going to sort it out. And I trust you to do so. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It may not work out the way you imagined, but it'll work out better than what you imagined because God knows what's best for you. That's operating in faith. But you need to believe in your heart. There's got to be a sense of feeling. Then he goes on to say this. He says, verse 24, for this reason, in other words, because of this, I'm telling you this, he says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that it is granted to you and you will get it. 
you'll receive it. In other words, another translation says, whenever you ask, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it, past tense, then you're going to receive it. Think about it. If, if I go to Isaac, wave your hand, Isaac. Is that a good apple? Can you share? No, I'm teasing, man. I'm teasing. <laughs> as long as I just don't use my mouth, right? Uh, say I go to I go to Isaac, and I'm like Isaac, man. I, I I had extra expenses that I didn't I didn't account for, and um, I need to pay my car this month. My my car note, they're they're going to tow it, and I, I don't even have the money to tow it or to, to to pay it. And Isaac tells me, so I go to Isaac with a need. I said, can you help me out this month? And he said, now, don't anyone read into this, okay? That Kia Soul I drive is paid off, right? I ain't got no, I ain't got no car note. God's taking care of Dave. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> but, but I said, man, can you, can you help me out? And he says, brother, don't, don't you worry about it. I'll take care of it. Man, I, how, how do you think I would feel? Whew, relieved. I could get back in my car, go on back to work, go about my life. I wouldn't have to keep going. Hey, hey, brother, I, you know, I got that car note, right? I got that. Well, what did he tell me? No, I'm going to take care of it. How's he going to take care of it? Well, he's got a whole bunch of ways. He could give me the cash and let me pay it, or he could call the lender themselves, say, hey, I'm going to pay Dave's car note, however he wants to do it, but he's going to take care of it. It would bring about a sense of feeling that would be wrapped around my belief, wouldn't it? <sighs> Man, thank you. And I could, I could go on. And I could live not even worried about it, not even thinking about it. Why? Because he said he would take care of it. That's how we're supposed to pray. If we can help each other out and feel relieved when we help each other, how much more when we go to our heavenly father who has access to everything, everything exists in him. We have no need in him. He said, I'll provide, I'll, I'll supply your need according to my riches and glory. So our belief in our heart revolves around feeling. It's not just a matter of just processing it and believe, well, I believe it because I read this scripture. No, I believe it because I read the scripture, but I also feel it. I sense it. I feel his peace. I choose to feel peace today because I've already taken this need to God and he's going to work it out somehow or another. And then you speak it out, profess it. I don't know about that. Let, let me tell you something. This is what God wants some of y'all to know. You, some of you need to stop talking about your problems and start talking to your problems. I'm doing it every day in my life. I, 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 I kind of joked about it, but I was also serious about it several weeks ago. I'm trying to lose weight, working on it. Every day, I walk in, open up the fridge, and I speak to my problem, my food addiction. I do. Food? You have no power over me. You don't work. I don't work for you. You work for me. And then the name of Jesus, it was a mountain. It was a monumental thing in my life. I'm speaking to it, be removed. You're not going to have the same place in my life. Praise God. 28 pounds later, still, I'm still speaking to it. Still speaking to it. To the glory of God. I can't do it on my own. I've tried. So I'm needing the power of God to do it. I'm telling you, when you believe it, you'll see it. 
It's not a matter of you'll see it when you, I'll, I'll, when I see it, I'll believe it. No, when you believe it and confess it, you'll see it. It's the basics, number one basics of walking in faith. Believe in your heart, confess in your mouth. What is it that you need to confess and believe in today? God wants you to do it. Try him this week. Try him this week and see. So in closing, I know it's getting hot. We got to wrap up. But in closing, you remember what I told y'all when a preacher says in closing, what does it mean? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Second Kings chapter four. uh, I've got the whole, the whole section in there uh, on, on the website. If you want to go back and read it, but let me just for the sake of time, I want to tell the story. Second Kings chapter four. Now this is all new Testament stuff that we've talked about so far, but, but the same principle was alive and well back in the old Testament. Second Kings chapter four talks about the Shunammite woman. She was a rich lady in the town of Shunam. She had married an older gentleman who was wealthy and she would actually go hear the prophet Elisha when Elisha and his, his, uh, servant Gehazi would come to town and preach. Well, she would go see him and she invited him. She said, look, anytime you're in town, I want you to come eat at my house. That way you, you, you don't have to worry about food. You come over and you eat at my house. And so they would. And she eventually told her husband, look, I want to bless the prophet. Let's build a room onto the house. Just put a little bed in there and a table and a chair. That way when Elisha and Gehazi come, they can just, they can just stay there. They don't have to worry about getting a hotel, all that type of stuff. So they did. And Elisha was so grateful for it. And he was a powerful prophet. So he asked her, he said, hey, look, what can I bless you with? Tell me a need that you got. What can I bless you with? And she said, look, my, my, you know, my husband and his family, they take good care of me. Man, God's blessed us. We got more than what we even need. Don't worry about it. I'm good. And he said, no, I still want to bless her though. So Gehazi pointed out, says, look, she's never had a son. She doesn't have any kids. She, she doesn't have a son. And her husband is really old. I don't know if this is going to happen for him. And uh, so Elisha calls her in and prophesies through the power of God, says, listen, uh, this time next year, you're going to have a son. You're going to be holding a son in your arms. And she said, she said, oh, she said to him, she goes, oh, don't, don't be tricking me, please. And don't, don't get my hopes up. Well, the Bible says, sure enough, in a year, she's, she had a boy and time went by and the boy was out in the fields with his father. The father was out checking on all the harvesters and the boy was out with his father and he cried out my head, my head. So he was either having some kind of a heat stroke or maybe a brain aneurysm, something, but it was just severe pain. So he says, take him back to his mother. The Bible said that she held him and that at noon he died in her arms. Think about the nightmare that would have been for this woman. This promise that God has given her and yet here he is dead. She doesn't say anything. Many of you remember the story. She goes and she puts the child in the prophet's room that she built, lays him on the bed, tells the servant, said, go get a mule and tell my husband, we're going to go see the, we're going to go see the prophet that we'll be back later today. Well, the husband says, uh, it's not a new moon festival and it's not the Sabbath. Why are you going to go see the prophet? In other words, to put it in modern vernacular, he's like, is everything all right? Because it ain't even Sunday. Why do you want to talk to the preacher? That's basically what he's saying. Her response was this. She could have, think about most of us would have said, your child's dead. I got to go see the preacher. She would have been beside herself. Look at the incredible faith she had. She says, everything's good. Chip shape. We'll be back. So she confessed with her mouth what she believed in her heart and that, that everything would be okay. She said, it's all good. 
they go to see, they go a few towns over. Elisha sees her coming. He tells Gehazi, hey, go check to see if she's all right. That's that Shunammite woman. Gehazi goes out there, asks, and she says, no, Gehazi, it's good to see you. Everything's good. We're all good. I just need to see Elisha. She's professing with her mouth. Now her eyes and her brain are telling her one thing, that this child is dead. Her heart is believing for something more. And her heart is believing for the prophecy, the word that was given to her several years back at that point, that she would have this child. Her heart was saying, there's no way God would take him from me because I didn't even ask for him. And yet God blessed me with him. That's not the God I serve. She said, no, everything's okay. Now, all the years that I went to Sunday school and all the sermons I've heard about this, for some reason, my memory kept telling me that when she got to Elisha, she finally said, my child is dead. Would you come and please do something about this? When she got to Elisha, she didn't even say it. She would never profess what she didn't believe. She got to Elisha, fell at his feet. Gehazi tried to get her up. Elisha said, no, 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 no. Leave her alone. She's distraught, but God's not letting me know why she's so upset. So let her speak. All she said to Elisha, she looked up finally. She said, did I not say don't get my hopes up and don't trick me? That's all she said. She didn't name him dead. She didn't label him what she didn't want to believe in. Some of y'all need to stop labeling your problems and find out what the word of God has to say about your problem and label it that. So Elisha looked at her. Elisha didn't even ask her, oh, is he dead? He didn't, Elisha didn't even utter the words. Elisha gave his uh, a staff to Gehazi. I said, go lay the staff on the boy and we'll be there run ahead of us. <clears throat> they make it back to the house. Gehazi comes out. I'm sure Gehazi is thinking, Woo, God's going to work a miracle through me. This is going to be awesome. He lays the staff down. Nothing. He feels the boy. He comes back out. He says, he professes what he sees with his brain and his eyes. He comes out and he says, the boy's dead. Even then, the Bible doesn't record her saying a thing. You would think that she would fall out crying, be inconsolable. She didn't say a thing. Elisha didn't say a thing. He went up. He said a prayer basically that said, to sum it up, he just basically said, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. Why would you do this to this woman? And he laid down on the child, placed his body over the child. So the Bible said that the child's body got warm. He got up. Elisha paced. Oh, some of y'all know about that pacing. Have you ever been through something in your life where all you could do is pace and talk to God? I got a path worn in my townhouse <laughs> where I've just paced and talked to God about some things. I don't know what Elisha said or how he got a hold of God. I just know he got a hold of God because it said that he went and laid back down on top of the boy, stretched out his body all, all over the boy's body. The boy wound up sneezing seven times, came back to life. He took the boy down, gave him back to his mom. What incredible faith this woman had that in the midst of the most horrific nightmare of her life, she still only spoke what her heart believed. She believed it in her heart and she confessed it with her mouth. Man, that's the kind of faith I want to have. That even when everything's blowing up, when I can't find my way, when I can't see around the mountain, I still got enough faith to speak to the mountain and confess the word of God. Let's all stand.
Father, I thank you for your word. I pray that you continue to help us to move to be a people that truly believe you, not just believe in you, but that we believe your word. And I believe that your power will be evidence in us. I believe you'll, your, your Holy Spirit will move through, be free to move through us, not just to impact our life, but to impact this entire community and the greater community for your glory and for your kingdom. Lord, I just speak that signs, wonders, and miracles will follow because we believe, we trust in your word. If you said it in your word, you mean it. So Lord, in my heart, I believe with everything in me that your word is true concerning all of us today. And I confess that your word is true and will begin to manifest in every family that's represented here today where there is healing needed, heal in Jesus name, where there's mending that's needed, put back together in the name of Jesus, where, there, where there's faith needed. Lord, you said that you give to each and every one of us a measure of faith, Lord, provide the faith where there's wisdom needed. You said all we had to do is ask, provide wisdom, where there's direction, where there's protection needed. Anything, Lord, you provide the need. Use us today, Lord. If there's anyone that needs to come back to you and make a new, fresh new commitment to live for you, let them do so. And we glorify you in the name of Jesus. And we say, amen.